Hi there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a business podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, and I'm a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business. I've been in the event industry and am wildly passionate about education for small businesses and teaching others through the mistakes we've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. All right, welcome to another episode of the Render Podcast. I am here as your host, Cam, and I have Lena Richards on as a guest today, and I'm so excited to have her. So I know her from the events industry and the rental industry specifically. I think we first met at a conference called London Gather back in 2017 in Austin, Texas. She used to own a rental company in Portland, Oregon. And then um, moved on to being more of a coach for rental companies. And so I'm excited to have her here on the podcast episode today. Lena, will you introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. So as Kim said, I am Lena Richards, and I used to own a specialty rental company in Portland, Oregon, and sold that company almost almost two years ago. Uh, moved to San Diego, and now live in Phoenix, but um, do all of my my educating virtually, which is kind of nice. <laughs> nice to have weekends and the evenings back. Um, but I just wanted to be a source for specialty and vintage rental companies since there's not really, um, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of education out there very specific to our niche. And, you know, florists have a ton of opportunities, photographers do, planners do, but our, you know, our specialty rental industry was lacking that education and really just that overall support. So that's, that's exactly what I do now. I help support and coach other rental pros. That's awesome. I know it's so needed and I'm so grateful for you um, and being a part of that. I know that you have mentored me um, at multiple points throughout you know, both of our industry journeys. And so I'm excited to have you on today. Yeah, yeah. No, it's exciting to see you come full circle too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Well, let's start out. We are going to be talking about standing out as a rental company and just talk about what, you know, stands us apart about rentals and and who we are and owning who we are. So what are some of the things that you want to share with our guests today or in our in our listeners? Well, you know, I really wanted to specifically talk on this topic because I feel that it's something that we all know about but it's this big elephant in the room and we don't really talk about it. Um, And I'm talking very specifically to our rental niche. We are one catty group of people. (laughs) Um, It was really interesting even starting in in the industry. You know, I definitely felt that um, not having any wedding experience when I started, oh gosh, I think that was back in 2009. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it, it felt like I, it felt like high school. And I was this outsider coming into an industry that was supposed to be an industry of love and support um, and celebrations. And so I was taken aback when just people weren't playing nice. And over the years, I saw more and more. And I still see it to this day where it's, oh, no, we can't we can't go to this event. We can't do this. We don't want to go there because our our competition is going to be there. Um, even as an educator trying to come up with my own programs and offerings and, um, structure, it's a, 
I know I see this um, within my own client list and, and just friends in general that there is this, um, I don't know, there's just this, we hold our babies really, really close instead of opening up to, to others. And I've had conversations. I have some really good florist friends. I have some really good photographer friends and even planners. And it's just been an interesting um, difference between between us in that with, with what they do, if they are not able to do a wedding, for example, they send business to their counterparts, to their peers, basically to their competition. They belong to Facebook groups that are open for, say, florists. And, you know, all their competitors are in that Facebook group and they all play nice together. So I don't know what it is within our industry that we hold these things and hold our businesses so near and dear to our hearts that... We, when someone else comes in or when someone even asks a question, hey, I'm new, can you help me? The door slam in their faces. And um, why? I don't, you know, I don't, I, sometimes I wish I had a psychology background. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm just like, gosh, I've been trying to rack, wrap my brain around this. Yeah, I totally get that. And, you know, it's... Um, before I even branched off into education, my my then husband had said, you know, gosh, Lena, why are you giving away all of your trade secrets? Like you are telling everyone everything and including your competitors. And I had to look at him and and basically say, you know, first of all, I'm a very giving person. That's just my nature. My love language is acts of service. So of course I can't not hold back. But, and I'm going to use this as an analogy. We, none of us are, are, you know, well, maybe some of us are professional chefs at, at some <laughs> point, <laughs> but we learn by watching a chef share their recipe. We watch a video, we watch, there's TV shows dedicated to it, but yet no one, and maybe, maybe within the, um, the culinary industry, there's some cattiness as well, but we never look at it as, uh, oh, we're, that person's giving away all of their information. Because when you when you think about it, especially with the recipe, I can follow a chef's recipe exactly. I can do exactly what they do, and my food, my dish is still going to come out differently. And as a business owner, we it, we go through the same exact thing. I can show someone, we can share the information with them, but it's a it's up to them to actually do the work. But B, they might put, they're going to put their own spin on it. They're going to put it in their language. They're going to put it in their branding. So I never really looked at it as a threat of, oh, I'm, you're going to do better than me because I'm telling you what I do and now you're going to run with it. And even if they do, so what? So what? We're still going to do things differently. Right. I mean, being business owners in general, you have the authority to make your own decisions and how you want to go about business. So I totally get that. Totally get that. And I mean, education as a whole is educators learning from other people and then teaching it in their own way. Exactly. And so, I mean, same thing goes for florists or photographers or rental companies. You learn by somebody else and then you tweak it slightly to what works for you and what works for your team. And like, for example, I have a team of five full-time people and then I have various part-time guys. But my team operates differently than Joe Schmo down the street's team. And so what works for them over their team, hey, I can take maybe some of those practices, but I'm going to do it differently because my team is different. My inventory is different. My 
thinking and the way that I process things is different. And so I think that's so funny because even in the education industry, like everybody educates because they've learned it from somebody else. Like nobody just comes up with these crazy ideas and says, nobody's ever said this one thing before. Like, let me do it. And, you know, a lot of it is inspired by other people. And then you're just teaching it in your own way and how you've how you've figured it out for yourself. Exactly, exactly. And and that's just it is, you know, again, we all have our different brands, we all have our own niche, even within this, you know, our specialty rental niche or the rental niche. And so, but we all, you know, we all learn from each other, we bounce ideas off of each other. And imagine how much more successful we could be if we all, you know, I'm not saying you have to share okay, we made this amount or, you know, maybe there's some, some confidential information that you wouldn't even share with your employees. So I kind of look at it that way of, okay, what would I share with my employees? If I can share with my employees and why wouldn't I share with someone else? Right. Um, as far as, you know, kind of the business tactics and strategies go. And I would rather have that sense of camaraderie and community much, much more than feeling like I'm working solo because I burned all these bridges because I am maybe this cranky person who doesn't play well with others. Um, and, you know, and I, I will be the first to admit, I remember when I like competition started getting pretty, um, pretty robust in, in the Portland market as far as rentals go. And I kept an eye on one of my competitors. It's like, gosh, wow, you know, this person has so much inventory and I couldn't compete with that. And I tried to for a hot minute and I thought, wait, like I'm going to kill myself. My finances are different. You know, I'm a, I was a cash-based business. We didn't finance anything. Maybe that other person did, you know, maybe the other person had to say like our, our circumstances are so different that. I finally had to have this little sit down conversation with myself and say, okay, I am killing my business by watching this other person like a hawk. Like what benefit is that doing? And then shortly after that, I started to notice people even mixing the two of us up. They thought that we had done a bridal show when we didn't, or they thought that, you know, they basically couldn't tell us apart. And that was my doing that in part was in part my doing um, because I had been kind of this imposter syndrome of, wow, you know, this person has all this stuff and I have to compete with the vast amount of inventory. And that's not the case at all. And let me tell you, when I decided to finally pull back, that's when I was able to get very specific on what I wanted my brand to be, which was not this other company's brand. I wanted a very, like, very different, not even, not that I wanted it to look the same, but I wanted to have my own personality come through within the business. Because why else would I be in business for myself? Right. That totally makes sense. And I see that happening all the time. In fact, I'm sure we have done that at some point in the last eight years we've been in business. And it's interesting because nobody does have the same story on the back end. Nobody has the same amount of overhead. Their rents are different. Their utilization space-wise is different. And so, I mean, you can only imagine the funding and how you start is different as well. We are cash-based as well. We've never had to take out loans or financing or give away equity. Um, And so, which, (laughs) you know, we are just accepted the PPP and the SBA loans. And so part of my soul, you know, died a little bit because it was like, I've never had to take out a loan. And here we are. (laughs) But 
like we're cash based, but so and so down the street, they I know that they're not cash based. I know that they pulled out a huge loan to be able to invest in all their inventory. And so you'll see these rental companies start up in some scale right out of the gate and they're like massive within two years. And then you have other companies that are slower to grow. And that's okay. In fact, it's good because it teaches you slower to catch up with what's going on. And I think it's important to know that, you know, people have different stories and people have different backgrounds. And so the way that you grow and the way that your inventory looks is going to be different. Yes, definitely. And, and not just that, but I, you know, I, I do website reviews for people and I, every website, almost every website looks exactly the same. And so I tell people, if you were to strip away your logo and your business name from your website, are you going to stand apart from your competition? Mm. And when we watch our competition, when we're constantly, oh, they're going to do this, so I'm going to do that. Or they bought this sofa, I'm going to buy the same one. Or even a website design or your messaging, if those things have been copied, you're only doing more harm to yourself than you're doing good. And and I, I made this comment at a conference um, this past year. I said, you know, let your freak flag f- fly. <laughs> and and it kind of like I kind of laughed to my at myself for saying that, but it's true. Like you be that purple cow, be the one that does something different from everyone else, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Because when you start doing those things that make you feel uncomfortable, that means you're growing, you're learning, you're stepping outside of that comfort zone into uncharted territory where you get to explore, you get to to learn all these new things that you never thought were possible before. But you don't get that opportunity if you just follow the straight and narrow, you do what you think everyone else is doing when, like you said, you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. Maybe your inventory might be similar, but what about your client experience? How might that be different? And those are things that you may not even know because you may not have been a client to your competition. So you don't know, um, you know, what their processes are or how they, you know, what their customer service is like. So a lot of different opportunities, but, you know, at the bulk of it is to not be afraid to step outside, to color outside those lines. Yeah. I think the best example I can think of, of a company actually doing that is called Yeah Rentals in LA. I had gone to a NACE conference. Um, I'm a board member here locally on the NACE board. And then I go to the conferences uh, annually. I don't know if they're going to have one this year, but um, (laughs) I was at the Palm Springs one, which was in 2018. And it was in Palm Springs, which is close to LA. And Uh, We were at one of the, I think it was a welcome party or something. Every night of this conference, there's like a themed party, which we're all in the events industry, so why not? And it was a themed party under this huge tent at the JW Marriott in in Palm Springs. And there was rentals, there were specialty rentals there. And immediately I thought, that looks like yeah rentals. And it was. There was a sign that said it's yeah rentals but I knew that because they stand out in my mind because they're different because Michael I think it's Michael that owns it um is not afraid to buy something that is um unique to him and his eclectic style 
And so I knew it was his because I was like, oh my gosh, that looks exactly like something he would buy and something that he would rent. And so um, it's interesting the companies that stand out in your mind. You're like, why are they different? What do they do that's different than what you do or your competition does? And it's those companies that stick out in your mind, the ones that do it differently. And so if we all look the same, then you're going to have people who say, oh, you were at that one bridal show. And you're like, no, that wasn't me. But I know who you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's um, I often will run through a gap analysis with my clients. So it's it is looking at your competition, looking at the branding, the website, social media accounts, the messaging, any advertising. It is really looking at other businesses, you know, direct competitors um, very closely. I go through that activity with clients, not because I want them to copy their competition, but I want them to find the gaps in their business so that you do this for yourself as well. So you put this in a chart format and I usually will have people do three to five competitors and then you fill out, you answer these certain questions as your company as well. And through that activity, people are really able to see in much more detail and a lot more black and white of, oh, wow, I didn't realize that they didn't have this service or they didn't have this particular line of inventory. Um, A lot of times people think they know what they know, but until they actually dig down and do the research, it uncovers a lot of these myths that they've had, even about their own competitors. So then we we cater to that gap. We're finding those ways that, okay, you don't want to do the same as what they're doing. What can we do that's different, that's still going to be unique for you, that's something that you feel comfortable with? Because, you know, maybe you're just not a glammy person, but that's what's missing. But, you know, maybe that's, uh, okay, maybe I'll add a little bit of a few things, but it just doesn't resonate with me. I'm more of a boho chic person. So even within that category, finding ways that you can set yourself apart. Obviously, for rental companies, you know, inventory is is a really big area that people can easily say, okay, I can, you know, carve out my niche here. But as we've mentioned, there's so many other places such as your client experience, your website, your social media, there are other avenues that you can go down to make sure that you are standing yourself, um, separating yourself from others. Right, exactly. The things that I think about for standing out specifically is event rentals is totally your inventory. I mean, you have full control over what your inventory is, and that's usually what you're known for, is you have a planner or a DMC that thinks, hey, I really want a green velvet sofa. I know that I need to go to this rental company to get it. And so things that you could do to stand out, gosh, like an idea that came out of, you know, I was just thinking about was what if you had all like neutral colored furniture? You didn't have any color. Well, then you would think somebody who's planning would say, oh, I want a neutral colored piece. I'm going to go to this neutral colored place. Or if you're all about the bright colors, like the yellows and the greens and reds and all that, then you are maybe more of the colorful one. And so when you have a planner, they're going to think, I want colorful furniture because I have a colorful client. I'm going to go to so-and-so because I know that they're good at what they do. Or vintage. If you really love vintage furniture, be the one in your market that has vintage furniture. So again, when that planner or that client says, I want vintage furniture, they're going to come straight to you. Like that is such an easy way to 
to stand out and be the one that you're known for that. But if you're known for everything and you're known for being just like your neighbor down the street, then how are you going to stand out? How are they going how are they going to say I want a green velvet sofa, but I know I can go this place, this place, this place or this place. Now, who has the cheapest one? Then you're lumped into who has the cheapest sofa, not who has the best sofa. Yeah, well, and then there's a, a value that comes from that as well when, you know, when you're working with clients who are just price shopping and they end up going with the person that has the the, the you know, least expensive options. That just means that you haven't proved your value. So you haven't proved now, we know, I know, just because someone has the, you know, but more budget friendly inventory doesn't mean that they've even upkept that inventory doesn't mean they've maintained it. Um, so but people don't know that people just see what's what's on on a website, um, especially these days, where we're not always as able to do an in person consultation. Um, but it's, you know, it's really looking for those little things. And then there's there's services on top of that. I know some people who do a full, um, a, a full schematic, they'll do actual like mock-ups for people. And that's part of their process. They don't charge anything extra for that. But that's what sets them apart from someone else that may not have that as, a, as an offering or as a service. So it's really clearly showing the value of what it is to work with you. And part of that is is nonverbal. It's having that good client experience. So, you know, you're sending emails consistently and and in a timely manner. <clears throat> and they're all, you know, the messaging is also consistent. Um, you know, how do your employees treat clients? What are, you know, you've mentioned core values, the core values. A lot of businesses don't have core values. So those are all things that as this overall picture, the kind of the uh, the holistic approach is, you know, being being some being someone who's truly unique isn't just in one area. You can be unique in a lot of different areas. Um, one thing, even for for my rental business, something borrowed, we were uh, a green certified business with the city of Portland. Um, like that was really important to me, and sustainability was one of our core values. So I made that very very clear. Like we went through this crazy certification process with the city. We had to get recommendations. I mean, it was it was not just oh yeah, I checked the boxes and here's your certificate. Um, but you know that was something that I was passionate about. And that resonated with a lot of our clients as well, wanting to work with a company that was more eco-conscious. So there are other creative avenues for being, you know, being who you are and what you want your business to represent. Right. Right. I love that. While we're on the subject of just standing out and such, we, I know that I see lots of Instagram accounts. I'm sure you do as well. And most of our listeners likely do as well. And so there's these massive, huge followings. There's these massive, huge inventories. And the common knowledge would be they must get a lot of events and they must get, you know, everything out there because they have this huge following and this huge inventory um, stuff. So what are the realities that you think are a part of those companies? And as a consumer of seeing that, and uh, kind of this competition of who can have the largest inventory. What are your thoughts around that? And, and how can we ignore that or move on and, and do it differently? 
So when I, um, when I have people that come to me, oh my gosh, this other business has all these followers and I have just, you know, barely a hundred or whatever the number is, you know, it's a low number. I tell them followers does not equate to money. It does not equate to a sale, a transaction you could have. And I have personally, in my personal life, seen this um, where a friend had uh, 250,000 followers, which was a lot. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you the engagement on his posts, what he might, he maybe had 10 or 20 people actually like a post that he would make. And maybe of that three, if three, two to three people would even comment out of 250,000 followers. And so you have to think of, and, and I tell people this, you would rather, just like your email list, just like a lot of different things, I would rather have the, the, the quality of followers than the quantity of followers. I would rather have an audience that's engaged with my brand, that supports my brand, that supports the business, that appreciates the things that we're putting out there versus others that are just there to scroll on by. Or um, I've even had a couple of people ask, you know, what about buying followers? And I'm like, no, we shut that down immediately because we want people who are who are vested in you. So, you know, as far as the numbers game goes, I know Instagram, I think for a while they were going to, oh, that was on likes. And I really wish that they would hide it because those numbers really don't mean anything at all. And if you start to pay attention to some of these larger accounts and you look at how many people are engaging, you're, you'll start to see. So don't let that follower count fool you um, into thinking that, oh, this company is successful just because of that. And the same thing with an inventory. Um, you can have a smaller inventory and still be successful because successful is different for you as it is for someone else. We define success very, very differently. So for one person, maybe they're quite happy having a smaller business that they don't necessarily want to bring on a whole lot of employees. That's okay. Um, that's And yet there's some that are much larger. They have branched off into multiple locations. Um I would say if you do have a smaller inventory and that really bothers you, maybe try to do some lounge like styled lounges where you can showcase one sofa three different ways. So that automatically is going to make it look like your inventory is larger than it really is. And you're really just giving people inspiration and showing them how you how to utilize the pieces that you do have. I know that I know some friends that have, I think one has like 42,000 followers or something. And I know she bought her followers because she told me at one point. And like our Instagram, we have maybe 4,500 uh, followers, which I know that not everybody actually sees our stuff. But um, the girl who has 42,000, she has less engagement than I have at still almost 5,000. And that's a pretty big jump in numbers, but buying followers does not necessarily mean engagement and that everyone's going to see it. I think that's a huge misconception because I think there's this want or desire to uh, look like you have more followers and look like you're bigger than you really are. And I think the, you know, I'm glad that we haven't have never bought followers and we don't plan on ever doing that. And I'd rather build an audience that is engaging the whole time of our journey versus having this big jump. Um, plus, I think people would notice if we had a huge jump like that. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> if we go from a couple hundred or a couple thousand to 50,000 or 20,000 or 10,000, um, I'd be suspicious. I'd be like, uh, yeah, <laughs> how did you do that? <laughs> well, and, and, you know, like I said, the followers, they just, it doesn't mean a whole lot of anything at all. Um, and you, you can't get caught up in that numbers game. Plus think about it. I think some latest data that I, that I've read is that roughly four to 8% of your followers actually see your posts on Instagram, four to 8%. That's it. So if you're putting all your stock in Instagram, you know, entirely, you're missing out on a whole other, and this is a whole other con- marketing conversation. You have to look at where's your business coming from? Are you actually gaining business from all those followers? Um, you know, look at your data, look at your marketing data. Maybe you're getting more referral business from partnering with venues and planners instead. So that follower count really, you should just ignore it. Um, ignore it if someone, you know, if you lose a few followers because you you posted something that might be a little controversial, you know, still do you. Um, you want to make sure that who you are online is who you are in real life as well. If there's that disconnect, then people are going to wonder, like, do is this person trustworthy? Um, and I had someone tell me this several years ago. It's like, wow, you know, the branding that I see on your social media is really different from who you are in person. And I don't know which of you is, is who. And that really, like, struck a chord with me because this was at the start of getting into coaching. And I had a slightly different image than really who I am. And now I'm just like, screw it. I own who I am. I know I'll drop an F-bomb every now and then. I know I'm covered in tattoos, but that's me. And no one can be just like me. And, and I, you know, the same is true for everyone else. Like find your one thing. Um, even like Jenna Kutcher, she's known for her love of mac and cheese. Everyone knows that. But, you know, I, I don't work with Jenna. Like, I don't know her personally, but what I do know and what I do see is body positivity and mac and cheese. So, you know, having those things that are relatable, you are letting a little bit of your guard down. You're letting your personality show through because people are going to resonate with that. They're going to say, you know what? I, I, I love mac and cheese as well. You know, you have something that establishes that rapport with people. But if you're copying someone else, or if you think that someone else is better than you, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Totally. I think, especially here in Dallas, Texas, there is um, kind of a mantra of be extremely professional. Don't like show who you really are, because we need this like straight laced, you know, ballroom type of personality. And like, if I go to certain events here locally, you know, if I wear shorts on a, you know, 120 degree day (laughs) to a networking event, it's looked down upon. And, you know, it's, it's funny, because I don't let it affect me. But I know that there's so many people who would feel ashamed by that here in Dallas. But for me, I'm like, one, it's a 1000 degrees. Second, like, this is who I am. Like, I, I wear shorts and I wear jeans to the office and I wear like a nice top with jeans. Or maybe sometimes if I'm really trying to be buttoned up, if I'm going to a really ritzy kind of event, then I'll put a blazer on with a nice pair of jeans. But that's who I am. I, I don't need to use, uh, wear a, a pantsuit and I don't need to dress and look a certain way to fit in. 
this is who I am. And I never would want someone to look at this, you know, clean, straight laced Instagram account and then come into my office and see me in jeans and a nice top and think that there's two different sides. That would be the worst thing for me. <laughs> and I teach this to my to my students of, you know, if you have all these different platforms, you have your website, you have your Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, whatever you choose to have out there, there's a zillion things. If you look different on your Instagram and then they follow you then to your website and they see something totally different, you need to have some consistency. And so you can't do that with real life as well. Your 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 branding and your your personality online has to match who you are because your clients are gonna at some point know who you are. They're either gonna see you on event day or they're gonna talk to you over the phone. And if their first impression of you is something totally different than what they know of you in person, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. And I know you know we're we're talking a lot about what you know what not to do. Well. It, it's a, it's much more difficult to peel back the layers and find out why we do the things that we do. So, you know, why is it we might look at another Instagram account that has all of these followers and we have this jealousy because let's face it, it's jealousy. There's something, you know, is there a struggle that you're having within your own business? Um, is there, you know, are you not meeting your sales goals? Do you, are you wishy-washy on your own branding? Um, are you unsure that this is even a good career path for you? Like there's so many variables as to why you feel the way that you do. And so I just like to challenge people, you know, when you do start to feel that envy or that jealousy or that imposter syndrome, or even have your limiting beliefs where you, you, you're basically, you know, saying out loud that you're not good enough stop and ask yourself why, like, what is the root cause of that? And, and this is where I will definitely tout for coaches, whether it's a business coach, or even a life coach, sometimes just talking through things with a coach can help you identify those areas you're like, wow, this was holding me back. This, this was a, I, this was a hindrance I put on myself. And it's affecting the success that I want to achieve within my business. So instead of just brushing it under the table and saying, yeah, okay, I know, you know, you have more inventory than me, I'm going to be mad at you. Well, why what's triggering that emotion from within you? Is it an insecurity? Are you afraid that you're going to be, you know, put out of business, which is ludicrous, because there's more than enough business to go around for multiple rental companies in the same the same city or the same location. Um, but you know, really digging deep and getting more personal with yourself as far as okay, what what is stemming from this? Sometimes it might be something that happened in your childhood. It might be um, your feeling that you have a lack of, of education or support or, um, you know, whatever those factors might be. But that's how we can overcome those feelings and not have to go through them again. Because let me tell you, you know, when we constantly watch other people, when we are constantly comparing ourselves to others, it's taken away from you being able to focus on your own business and, be, and, and run a happy business for yourself. I love that. Talking to someone also is just so beneficial to not only your business, but your life too. I mean, we're made up of all these stories and all these things that make us who we are. And that bleeds into our business. And so a lot of times as business owners of small businesses like these, our lives and our businesses bleed together. 
So I, I love that you brought that up. I think it's super important. I know that I've gained so much by talking to people. Yeah, you know, and it's it's different perspectives, um, especially with a coach. You know, they're going to tell you some things that might be a little bit hard um, because they're not going to hold back. They're not going to just sugarcoat things. That's why you've hired them. But um, just being able to walk or talk through things together, uh, it gives you a different perspective. And you have those aha moments go off. You're like, oh, wow. Like, I, you know, I went through a transformation several years ago. I actually started to work with an image consultant. I felt like I was at this crossroads in my life where I just, I wasn't happy. The business was going really well, but I, I, some, I, there was a disconnect. Something was missing. And I hired this image consultant that changed my life. Like, I kid you not. Um, I basically was hiding behind clothing. And I mean, hiding, meaning I was wearing clothes that were two, three, four times too big for me. And I had just really very low self-esteem. So working with her, I was able to go shopping. I realized, okay, I used to have the sock fetish. I had like rows and rows of drawers of socks. Well, now I have a shoe fetish. Um, you know, I'm not afraid to let those things out there now. Yes, I have like spiky studded heels that will like slice open your skin. But I feel more like me now more than I ever have in my entire life. And I only got there from the help of someone else. I love that. Yeah, coach. I mean, if you think about like a football coach or something, they're not there to say, oh, yeah, you're doing such a good job. No, they're in your face and they're like encouraging you to do something better and coach you along the way. So having a coach or a therapist or someone is so, so important. Well, before we end, what are some questions that you might encourage our listeners to ask themselves to break apart, stand out and move forward? You know, like I said, it's when you start to have that feeling of animosity or of uh, of this you know competition ask yourself what am i really feeling what is it really about x y and z that that's bothering me um, you know also ask yourself okay what you know is my brand truly a reflection of myself if if i were to strip away my logo and my my business name are people going to know me from from a competitor? Um, so really digging deep into you know those questions for yourself. But the the bulk of it really is around that. What's triggering this emotion? What's triggering this feeling? Let me peel this back a little bit and continue to drill down the why. Why is this? Why is that? Um, how would I feel if this were different? How would my business be if I reacted differently? How would my business grow if I stopped worrying about my followers on on Instagram or on Facebook or on any other social platform? And, you know, really also, you know, for you to sit down and, and write out, you know, what does success mean to me? It's going to look different to you than it will someone else. And, you know, then start to put those pieces together of aligning, okay, these are my goals. This is what success is to me. How and all, how does this all relate? And if I start to go down this path of getting angry or getting frustrated or paying too much attention to others versus myself, what is that going to do to my business? If I continue down that path, how will my business be a year from now or five years from now? And that will really put things in perspective for you. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. 
Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Is there any final thoughts, final words from Lena Richards? No, like I said earlier, and I always stumble on it uh, when I say it, but let your freak flag fly. Be yourself. Be the purple cow that stands out from everyone else. Be true to yourself and get to the bottom of what it is that's triggering those feelings that you have, because trust me, you are so much better than that. Everyone just, we, we don't give ourselves enough credit. And sometimes we just need that one person to say, you're amazing. You're on the right track and give you like a big pat on the back or whatever social distancing would be. <laughs> An air pat on the back. <laughs> air high air, five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much podcast today. I really appreciate it and have loved having you here. Thank you. Thank you. I loved being here. Thanks for having me. Oh man, if you were anything like me, you're writing down some tips on how to stand out as a rental company after this episode. Lena, thank you so much for being a part of the Render Podcast. We cannot wait to see you today. If you're listening to this on the day that it airs at 10 a.m. on our Instagram live, she's going to join us right there. As a reminder, if you love this episode, please, please, please go and review and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. Next week, we're going to talk all about installation and retrieval and how we think it's different than delivery and pickup. So we hope you join us right back here at 8 a.m. every Wednesday for a new release of an episode and 10 a.m. every Wednesday on our Instagram live. Talk to you soon. Have a fantastic week. Bye. Bye.